welcome to the Real Estate Pro Radio Show. I'm your host, Amber Arms, and we have with us today Juanita E. McRae from the greater Philadelphia area. So, Juanita, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I lived in New Jersey, in Mount Holly, New Jersey, since 1965. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Northwestern University. Um. I have MSW from Atlanta University. Oh, wonderful. Okay. I read, and I like to do, like, trivial things, trivia, like Jeopardy, because I even tried out for Jeopardy one time. Oh, how did that go? Oh, it didn't go, but I was so surprised. It didn't go good, but I was surprised at how many people tried out it for it. I mean, because you could only, it was like, you could take it one time a day. It was like like a 10-minute drive, I mean, 10-minute thing or something like that. And that was it. And I said, and there, was a, there were a whole lot of people there from all over. That's fascinating, actually. I'm surprised. You know, it, it, it would surprise you just how many people would sign up for something like that. But I guess a lot of people I'm kind not, of shared your interest. I was surprised because... I mean, like, I went down to Atlantic City. That's where I took the Jeopardy test at, right? And mm-hmm. and I, you only go one time. And there were so many people there for that one little thing, for that one little episode. I said, oh, my God. You know, it it really surprised me. That's uh, so amazing. Lot, yeah, because a lot of people like Jeopardy, even though, they might not know all the answers or anything like that, but they like Jeopardy. Well, I think it's an interesting concept. It's very entertaining for people to watch. It's very, you know, easy for people of all, you know, experience levels to really enjoy it. And I think yeah. it's good that there's so many people that are passionate about it. You know, you don't see all that stuff on the back end and what happens in the background when you watch the show, but it's really right. interesting being able to see some of that in person. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, it was to me, it was very surprising. I said, "Oh my God, there's so many people here." You know, <laughs> I mean, it it was just a, it was something surprising, it really was. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you you think you would ever try out for it again, or are you done with that period of your life? What do you no, think? No, probably would. Uh, uh, well, see, at that time, it's right. But now, it's like, you know, I see, I have to get more adept on the computer and stuff like that. And the typing stuff and everything like that. And now, it might be it might be easier. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, it's definitely but, interesting how, you know, really the invention of the Internet and being able to use computers has really changed and shaped, especially the knowledge spheres and being able to find information just that's it, the, yeah. fact that, the fact that you have, you know, this little device in your hand that's more powerful than the computers that they use to go to the moon, that everybody has access to this and they have instant access to millions of sources of information and different, you know, just different pieces of information they can look up, right? If they want to know about, you know, this very specific, obscure thing that happened in history, all they have to do is go search <laughs> in Google and you know, 10,000 results pop up. It's just, I really feel like that the 21st century is kind of the century of information where people just have access to to everything, 
even when maybe it may be better that they don't, right? It's interesting <laughs> In some things, yeah. There's definitely some pieces of information that probably shouldn't be as accessible as they are, but it is also right. beautiful to see what some people can do with it too. You know, it's kind of a right. double-edged sword. Yeah, you've got that right, definitely. Absolutely. So then how did you get into real estate, if you don't mind my asking? How did you start into that? What kind of drove you? I Actually, I don't know, because I've been doing it, like, since 1981. Oh, and goodness. You've been in this business forever. You know it inside and out then. So uh, it was. it was, like, you know, at the time, like, you know, I was, you know, just, uh, I was just finished with undergrad school, and I was down in Vineland Developmental Center. So then it was a choice either of real estate or uh, social work, and I took social work because you can't, you know, you can always have your education, all right? So I took that. And uh, but real estate, I just I guess it was just an option with you know something else that I could do you know when I'm doing the social work. So it really started as more of like a side thing, and then it kind yeah, of right. transitioned into right. more of the main thing you're doing today. Right. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. But, yeah. So then, since you've been in the business for so long, how would you say that? you know, the industry has changed over time since you started because I feel like that so many things have come out, like, you know, we were talking about with the Internet and the invention of technology, and so many industries were kind of shaped by those different, you know, advances. How would you say that real estate's been affected by that? That's the main thing. That's uh, the, the technology because you have, uh, you have a lot of younger people that are, you know, like are going in there. They know a lot about the computers and stuff like that. I mean, because like more of it before, it was more, um, I guess you could say, like more personalized. You know, like, because I mean, like, well, see, now I'm a great person for writing things down. But, you know, see, like before, it's like you did that. Like now I can write all that stuff down on the phone. And because I, I noticed when I was sending uh, my notes to this one person, a young realtor, and I said, boy, I write down a lot of stuff because you never can tell when you're going to need it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Taking notes is always um, a good way to be able to refer back and just kind of keep track of what's going on. I have to do that a lot with insurance as well, just because there's so many, there's so much information about people's lives that they can give out to you, even before you really had to write it down in notepads, too, because whenever you're picking out something that's as big of an investment as a house, I feel like there's so many factors that go into it. You know, are they about to start a new family? Do they already have a big family? Do they have, you know, pets that they need a yard for? Like, are they looking to have a pool? Do they need to have, you know, office space? Are they moving out of the city into the country? Like, there's so many, like, little things, I think, that people kind of don't realize is a big deal until they actually go to find a house. That is a real estate agent. When you're doing that for dozens of people at a time, you know, notes are kind of required at that point, I think, to be able to do, you know, a really good job for them. And I think, uh, yeah, and I think probably the thing that I, the reason why I 
learned about the notes and everything like that is like, you know, see, like when you were talking before about how real estate has changed and pro- progressed and everything like that, there was more personalized before. Because like at that time, it, I did like so cold canvassing, which I loved in the first place. Um, and it's like, you know, you have to make, make you have to keep accurate notes so that you know who you're talking to. And what yeah, you're absolutely. saying to say to, say to you. Well, yeah, especially, I feel like back then even that the personalized experience mattered even more than it does right now. I feel like a lot of people have kind of accepted that they won't always have that. Maybe that's not necessarily what they should be okay with. But especially back then, you really needed to have, you know, that, personalized experience when you have two clients that have you know the same first name you have to know which john you're talking to right is this john with the three kids or is this john with you know the two cats and a fiance right you have to know who you're talking to and what they're looking for yeah that's right absolutely and you know when you were talking about changes what would you say is a positive change that's come out of, you know, the new technology that people have been using? Oh, that you have so much access to so much stuff. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that can probably sit for most things, huh? Yes, uh, so much information, yeah. Absolutely, like, absolutely. You can help your clients with that, too, because of the fact that you have that you have access to that information. Not only, because see, like, what I like to do is, like I said, not only do I like to read, I also like to uh, listen to other people because, mm-hmm. to me, listening is a great barometer to learn, you know, to learn what's out there. But, you know, somebody might have the expertise that you don't have. Oh, 100%. And, Knowing... Knowing when to listen to someone else and take their advice is always important. Yeah, so you just listen, and, you know, you learn a, you learn a lot that way. It, yeah, you know, absolutely. It, it's something, yes, it really is. Now, did you say you also did uh, insurance? Yeah, so I'm I'm an insurance agent. That's what I do for my primary occupation. So there's kind of a lot of overlap, I think, between the two fields. They very yeah, similar yeah. as far as, I mean, you know, customer service and everything, so. Yeah, because I'm a public adjuster. Oh, wonderful. That's why I wanted to, when you said insurance, and I know because when I took my the test a long time ago for uh, public adjusting, mm-hmm. I'm taking a real estate test again. Oh, yeah, it, same for the insurance oh. one. My mom's also oh. a real estate agent, and I helped her study for it, and it's uh-huh. it's pretty much the same thing across the board as far as difficulty you're you're studying for weeks minimum probably months for most people i mean unless you're dedicating like every day 12 hours a day to it you're going to be studying a while for that and sometimes most of the time i think people have to take the test multiple times it's quite difficult right and it's really it's surprising i said when i took that test for public adjustment I I mean, honestly, Amber, I thought that I was taking a real estate test again. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. They they have so much overlap. It's actually crazy how much they have in common with each other, I think. Uh 
This episode is brought to you by WeInsure Center of Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. With access to over 200 carriers, WeInsure is ready to service all of your insurance needs for home, auto, business, life, and more. Simply call 484-207-6640. Again, that's 484-207-6640. Or visit WeInsureCenter.com. Get your free quote today. And so, how would you say, especially with the last couple of years, you know, we've seen a lot of changes with the 08 crash and then more recently with, you know, the pandemic that we just came out of. How would you say that's really impacted real estate? Because I feel like that's really changed the field for a lot of people and the expectations of, you know, what people are looking for. Um, you know, when they are looking for buying a new house. It feels like that a lot of people I've talked to, it's really changed a lot of things. Would you say you agree with that? Uh, somewhat, yes. Uh, there, I think a lot, the, it, it scared people like with the pandemic because you have so many people out there looking for houses. You had low inventory and so many people go, like I had people, when they were telling is like, you know, because this one mortgage person told me, they like, he had 26 people make offers on his house. Oh, my goodness. So, that's I mean, you know, a lot of, you know, that's the thing. It's a lot of people, it's scary to them. I mean, the uh, thing of uh, buying a house, as you know, that's a scary process in the first place. And it's a very stressful. All right. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about the main thing. It's like there, it's, uh, it was because of that pandemic and the fact that the low inventory. Yeah, I think the low inventory has really impacted a lot of people, you know, in based on what I've seen so far in 2020, a lot of people were kind of nervous to do anything. They didn't really want to buy a house. They didn't really want to sell a house because, Nobody really knew what we had in store for us. And then all that pent-up demand kind of came out in 2021 where, you know, as you said, some people were seeing crazy numbers of offers. My dad's a property inspector, and some of the properties he was inspecting, he said that if it was in a good area, you could see 30 or 40 offers on a house if it was in a good area and a nice house. And just I think for a lot of people – when they're trying to move in that situation where they're competing against 30 or sometimes 40 other people, you know, some people get emotionally invested in these houses before they've even moved into them. I feel like that's a really exhausting process for people to try to move during that. And just imagine that a realtor that has to look at all those offers and and sell it to their uh, seller. Oh, absolutely. I do not envy anybody who was being a buyer's agent primarily during 2021 because it was hard work. Yeah, yeah, it was something because it was like one time, uh, just I made an offer on this property. It was pay price like in in the mid 300s, like 340 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the offer that was accepted. This man, he was approved for 800 thousand. Uh, this three hundred thousand dollar house, all right. Wow. And said was like, I will pay the difference. I will pay that. You know, the gap. You know, if there's an appraisal gap or anything like that, he's gonna pay that. He's gonna pay it. He just wanted the house. Period. So yep. I mean, how how can you fight something like that? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, that's... There's no, the only thing that you can do is say thank you. <laughs> or, well, they will have to keep on trying. Because, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's crazy. You have a person that does that, you know. So yeah, and I think a lot of people with the pandemic and a lot of people going online with their work, it feel like that a lot of people moved out of major cities because a lot of people will live there because they have to be able to commute to their place of work. But we really saw, especially in our area, a lot of people moving out of the major cities into more of the suburbs. And I think that kind of contributed a significant portion to all of that demand that was in 2021 because Think about it. The housing prices in those types of cities are quite high compared to surrounding areas. So people could say, well, you know, take their seven hundred thousand or eight hundred thousand dollar apartment that they were living in, sell it, and then move to you know a house out in the suburbs for five hundred thousand and put all cash on it. And that was hard for people to really compete with, I think, as far as you, you know at, offers. Uh, where are you at again? A uh, down in Chester Springs. So we're like. Um, we're about an hour west, like northwest of Philadelphia. Oh, uh, we yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, we definitely saw a uh, an interesting exodus. Where are you located out of that? Actually, out of curiosity. Uh, you know, uh, in Mount Holly, which is Burlington County. Ah, okay, I gotcha. They have like uh, it's like Willingboro, Morristown, um, Delran. Riverton, Lawrence. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So you're 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 one or two hours away, I think. I think you're not too far, but definitely a decent distance, I think. It was definitely interesting seeing, you know, how things kind of shaped up after, you know, some of the restrictions were lifted. Right. So you mentioned earlier about the um, housing shortage, which definitely seems like it's kind of an issue with them raising the interest rates. Do you think that that shortage will essentially kind of level itself out? You know, how fast do you think something like that we can spring back from? Because we burned through a lot of inventory through 2021. Uh, that, uh, I'm just trying to think is, uh, let's see, uh, well, yeah, it did, but um, I don't think it'll probably be mediocre. Because a lot of people probably are going for rentals right now. Or, yeah. But actually, they should go for buying because, I mean, because the rentals are ridiculous. They are really high in price right now. It's so, almost so, yeah, like to buy a mortgage right now in some places. Right, sure, definitely. If somebody looked around and they would see, yes, it is better for you to buy than to – because, I mean, like when – uh. When people get ready to um, rent something, if they're to me, is like if they're if they're so if they're looking at a high price, I mean a high rental, like maybe sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred or something like that. I will try and steer steer them into getting if I can buy if I can get you a mortgage, would you take you know would you accept it? A lot of people aren't, will not, but. You know, at least give them the option. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of feel like it's a one-size-fits-all type of situation, and oftentimes it's not. What I usually do is I point out to them, you know, like how much money they're going to have to pay out for a rental versus buying, and all that money they're going to pay out for a rental 
is what they could use for down payment. Well, yeah, I mean, at least when you're buying a house, you're kind of investing in, you know, a major right, investment. Exactly. Right. With a rental, all that money, it's just, it's not going anywhere. It's just going towards rent. You know, it's not building anything for future benefit or anything. So, I said you spend somebody on your vacation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we can spend that on a vacation right there. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I said I'll spend for anything I can. Absolutely. And so would you say that the shortage of inventory is probably the biggest, you know, kind of issue or challenge that your clients are facing in today's market? Or would you say that it's maybe even something else we haven't looked at? No, I think uh, the shortage and probably uh, because there's a lot of people that are getting in there, but hopefully they have uh, somebody like as a mentor or something like that that shows them the road. It gives them the education. Yeah, I feel like a good agent can kind of provide that to people. Because, honestly, when you're getting a real estate agent, you know, a lot of people in today's day, if they wanted to just go buy a house, they could find all these websites out there that list hundreds of houses on them, and they can just go directly to the seller and buy a house. When you're hiring a real estate agent, you're not just hiring somebody that's going to deal with the paperwork for you. You're dealing with someone that can provide advice and guidance and mentorship to help you invest in a good house because when you're buying a house, that's a lot of times the biggest investment somebody's going to make in their entire lifetime. And typically people are living there five to 10 years. So, you know, when you're picking out your house, having somebody who knows what they're doing is usually of good benefit. I think for most people, everybody it is, it's always a good benefit. You know, it's the same thing with insurance too. You know, people can shop around and buy insurance directly as well. I find that having an insurance agent that can guide and help people understand generally helps because when when you think about it, the industry has a lot of different moving parts to it. It has a lot of experience factor too where, you know, certain houses have different issues that they have to work around. They have different quirks and, you know, specialities about it that maybe the average person hasn't seen before or may not understand exactly what they're getting into. Like, for example, Right, you get a brand new couple. They're buying their first house, and they think that buying, you know, a cute little stone farmhouse would be adorable, and that's what they care about. But they may not be understanding what it is exactly that they're buying. When you have those old houses, they have so much maintenance that goes into them, and potential things that are old and need to be replaced. The insurance is going to be higher on it. You know, just understanding what exactly they're getting into, maybe the things that they're not thinking about. I think that in general with these types of industries, it's good to have somebody that they can reach out to and get some mentorship from. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, with the invention of, you know, television and all of the TV shows that are out there, you know, seen HGTV and everything else where they're basically showing them flipping three houses in the span of 45 minutes. I feel like that's kind of born some misconceptions as well with what real estate agents and, you know, other people in the industry are really doing, you know, what would you say is the biggest misconception you may have to address with clients when they come in? Yeah. Uh, with the, uh, right, with the HDTV, and I could say the myth is that your family members are the ones that are going to help you and want to tell you the right thing to do. And that's a big misconception because a lot of times it's unless the person is a realtor or they do, you know, do a lot of that stuff, 
They don't know. They just talk. And they can mess up. They can mess them up. Okay, yeah. So you see a lot of clients that essentially take advice from inexperienced sources, essentially. People maybe that watched a lot of HGTV and think they understand how the industry works, and then they maybe give bad advice. Or for their family members or something like this, instead of instead of talking to the source. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard that one yet. That one's definitely interesting. I think that's that's probably true though. That happens in a lot of industries now. I think about it. You know, handyman and construction. I feel like have a lot of the same issues there. People uh-huh. feel like that they watch a couple TV shows and then they understand how it works. I mean, we were just talking about the exam earlier and how you have to study weeks, if not months, for it. You know, it's definitely uh-huh. not something that you just pick up from watching a couple TV shows. Yeah, well, see, like it's just like my, one of my brokers that told me a long time ago. He said anybody can go and put a, a sticker on their car that says they're a handyman. <laughs> yes, they can. They absolutely can. So, you know, it, it's really something because it's actually it's true. It's like you got to have some experience. Absolutely. And, you know, to kind of wrap this into one, like, final question, when people Mm -hmm. are trying to pick out a real estate agent, if they had to pick one thing to prioritize over any other, what would you say that thing is? When they're picking out, what would make it, you know, the best real estate agent? What's the, you know, that one feature, that one personality trait that you really need to make sure that they have? Honesty. Honesty. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Why would you say honesty? What's your reason for that? I'm curious. Because, I mean, it's like I I would like the clients to be as honest as I can be instead of and and tell me the whole story at the very beginning instead of, you know, know, like I know you've seen like those shows and stuff like that where people, you know, don't tell their lawyer everything so they get the the lawyer gets a surprise. And, oh, that's yeah. what, and that's what happens with a real estate agent. You know, like, you know, you don't tell the person at the very beginning. I mean, it's like, you know, like one of my clients had, now I did actually sell them a house and everything like that, but he had had only $5,000, and that was it, <laughs> to cover oh, everything. Goodness. But I did it. Well, hey, I mean, that. let me tell you, real estate agents and, and the work that they put in have my utmost respect. You guys work crazy hours and put your clients above people all the time. Like, you just prioritize their needs in a way that I feel like a lot of industry maybe don't. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Honestly, yes. definitely can understand why you would want that from your clients and also why they would want that from the real estate agents. Oh, now, as yeah. we said before, it's the biggest investment a lot of people are going to make. You know, they have to be able to trust that what their real estate agent is saying is true and that it's right. actually going to be good for them. Otherwise, nothing else matters. I mean, because, like, I had, like, one of my clients and, like, and it was so nice. What he did was, like, he and his wife were getting ready to purchase something. And to put a chart, do a charge card, right? And they called me up to make sure that this wasn't going to affect their mortgage. I said, oh, God, that's nice. You know, hmm. because a lot of it's like people don't even do it, even though they might, you know, even though the mortgage person might say it's the very start, but they even called me and, not, and I said, now that's nice. 
to make sure they're not going to mess up anything. Well, that's good. It's good that they're checking and, you know, basically putting that information up front so you know what to work around. And that is honesty, too. Absolutely. That is honesty. Well, listen, Juanita, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. If someone wanted to get in contact with you to either, you know, sell their house or buy something and is hopefully recovering market, you know, how, what would be the best way for them to do that? A cell phone. They can use my cell phone number. Or um, since you are on LinkedIn, it's like, you know, the posts that they have up there that I have. Okay, have wonderful. Seen- I have seen a couple up there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. All right, they actually, um, they had my contact information. And then also, I think it is the one, the post for right now or last month was because it was a, uh, they could uh, win a Visa card. All right, you could be entered in a contest with a referral campaign. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. So then just so that we have that on the, the show as well, what is your phone number for our viewers and our listeners? Area code 609-220-9643. Wonderful. Do you want the email address? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do the email address too. All right, it's lowercase. It's J U A. E C as in Virginia. E one is the figure one at hotmail dot com. Wonderful. J, yeah, that's J U A E V one at hotmail dot com. Perfect. Well thank you so much, Juanita. I really appreciate your time today. And right, we will be in touch shortly. All right, thank you very much.